Okay, hello and welcome to a special Can Blueprint Review podcast. Day three. Day three, yeah. Uh, awesome. I just want to bit around the bush. Um, you know, what, 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 what have we seen so far? I've not seen too much in all honesty. I've but, seen the um, most. Yeah, you obviously, as you always do. <laughs> well, I'm only here for a couple of days, so um, I've been cramming them in. I squeezed in the film on the first day. Um, I watched... Um, I always get the title wrong, but it's Flying Swords of Dragon Gate. Sounds amazing. 3D. Something like 3D, <laughs> yeah. It's Subi Hack's latest um, martial arts extravaganza with uh, Jet Li in it. Um, it was alright, it was, it was as expected. It's like his last few films, really. It's, it was fun, you know, it was well paced, it's a lot of action. Um, but there's a bit too much CGI for me, uh, and the CGI wasn't particularly good. It's also a bit convoluted and too many characters, so it just got a bit messy by the end. Um, but as I say, it was still good fun, it was entertaining. The 3D was really over the top, um, which works in its favour occasionally, because it, it is a little gimmicky sort of action moving 3D. It was like, okay, it's quite fun. But other times they're poking shit at the screen and throwing ninja stars at you every poking two minutes. Poking shit at the screen? Yeah, yeah, it's, it was a scat film. No, no. Um, but yeah, it, it, so it was weird. The 3D at times I really enjoyed it, and but other times it was like, fucking hell, stop shoving stuff in my face. Um, so yeah, it was, it was alright, but nothing special. Damon, why is there a big hairy thing on your bag? <laughs> what the fuck is It's like that? a big pubic hair blob that you get from a shower. And this is coming from my new uh, beautiful can bag. Oh, you new, new yeah, beautiful can bag. Yeah, we're already like me. Well, got... what are people thinking generally um, in terms of can and uh, to previous years that we've been? Um, I mean, the lineup's a lot stronger on paper than it usually has been. Oh, thank you. That's great, thanks. Yeah, if, if you haven't noticed already, we're, we're just recording in the cafe today. It's an uh, awesome little cafe near our apartment. Yeah. It's like on the way to the Palais. We're just about to go and see... Little, um, little for them, isn't it? Yeah, it's called, it's called um, oh, yeah. Kiwi. Kiwi. Kiwi double E. Beautiful yeah. little... Ca- yeah, whatever. Um, but we're about to watch <laughs> Rust and Bones. We're getting some reasonable reviews. But, um, yeah. Um, yesterday, so, yesterday, we all went to see the opening night film. We yeah. saw the, op- you know, um, Moonrise Kingdom. Damo, what did you think? I thought it was a pretty disappointing way to start the 65th uh, Cannes Film Festival, really. It was um, so Wes Anderson's latest, but it's kind of like um, a parody of himself, really. It's, it's kind of got all the ticks, all the manners, kind of performances, all the little quirks, but none of the heart, really. I just thought it was completely cold, completely flat. There's nothing really engaging about it at all. Yeah, I mean, when, when you say like he's got all the usual ticks, and, and yeah, that's absolutely true, obviously. And that's what, what makes him great, it's what makes him interesting, because he has got a very unique, great style. But in this, it just didn't seem to fit the world he created. It just, it just it didn't seem to be really bedded in very well. Well, yeah, I think part of the, part of the problem as well is, um, I didn't think the, the young characters really were that good enough to hold a 90-minute film. And as obviously, it is their film, so kind of a lot of the adult characters just kind of underwritten, underdeveloped. And um, particularly the kind of like Bill Murray and uh, Francis McDormand characters, mm. they're just it's kind of I wouldn't say the one note because they're not in it enough to. There's a kind of a couple of little funny lines. Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. There's, just, there's just not enough to it. Um, yeah. It's nicely designed. It's nicely shot. It's got all the great kind of usual um, nice compositions. Yeah. Kind of yeah. traditional tracking shots, long extended takes, um, but there's just nothing to it. Phenomenally poor story, poor acting, and just a really like you, you, like you say, it's a parody of itself. Everything did feel really forced. 
That's mean Damo's yeah, day. Yeah, I was about Dave. to say, I mean... <laughs> I, um, Dave, you can't see Dave at the moment in no, time, but no, you can think of the most textbook American tourist you've ever seen in your life, <laughs> going on some kind of safari. Yeah, then, it's a um, bit like Ed Norton in, uh, in the film. I think, yeah. <laughs> um, Dressing up for the podcast. I was going to say, I, I, um, it's weirdly, weirdly I, can, I agree with a lot of the points you guys made, to be honest, but I don't know, for me, the only thing I would disagree on, uh, at the start, Darren, you are saying, it's like um, you didn't think the world would fit his style. I think that was what I liked about them. I think for me, all the sort of scouts and the sort of era and stuff like that, that fit was was answered perfectly for me. So me, for me, the mood and the style were spot on, and I, and the tone, and I liked that. But I do agree, it, it, there wasn't enough heart to it. The the kids were a bit weak, um, and as well, the the thing that bothered me a bit was um, it sort of because it, it was anchored around the relationship to this young boy and girl. And to be honest, it was just a bit creepy more than actually sort of sweet. And that sort of, I don't know, it just made it a bit awkward. Do you know it's even creepy? You know, Dave, that you thought she was uh, a bit older and you kind of fancied her a little bit. We found out that she was um, 12 years old when she filmed that and she's only 13 now, you sick man. I say me, you mean you. (laughs) No, um, it's. Yeah, but but I enjoyed it. I I enjoyed it. I can see its flaws and it is very light. It is too light, probably, but for me, it worked. I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. You're talking about it's, hair on film. <laughs> <laughs> I just found it charming. I mean, it's not a, it's not a great way to explain. Um, it's not a great recommendation, but for me, it was charming and light and enjoyable. And I don't know, I, I liked it, but but not a great film. I think uh, sort of. A, I always give a lot of ratings, but sort of like a seven out of ten sort of thing. Seven out of ten, really? Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was good. Again, hair on film. <laughs> Um, after that, it's, in terms of the schedule, yeah, it was like the same same theatre, so we had to sort of like go out, go out and go straight back in to watch Woody Allen in the documentary. And unfortunately, it's sort of sold out. Yeah. It's sold out. You'd have to Woody pay. Allen. Woody Allen. Woody Allen sold out. <laughs> sold out many years ago. <laughs> yeah, so we didn't um, catch that one. Yeah, so we didn't catch that. And then we decided to go watch the Anton Corbett documentary. And, and, and to be honest, I think you know, it's, I thought it was a really interesting insight. Yeah. And it was enjoyable. I, I just felt personally there just wasn't enough to it to, for to be a feature film, a cinematic release, and I felt. And before I was thinking, you know, it, kind of, if it was on telly, it'd been, I'd have found it quite interesting. But I actually think you know, I'm kind of doing it even more of a disservice to an extent. But I actually think it'd be better as like a, an extra feature on a, on a DVD. Like there's a lot of him making like the American and stuff like that. And I actually think what was interesting about the film was the sort of behind the scenes stuff of him making films. And I was thinking, actually, yeah. It, it obviously went into a little bit more in depth than a making of documentary, but I actually think that that is kind of what it was. Very interesting, but for me, nothing more than that really. Because yeah. he hasn't—he's not interesting enough. He's not enough for me. He's not enough of a sort of a case study oh, I don't to know. make a he's documentary. He's the greatest band-like photographer there is. He's the most famous one there is. Yeah, but okay, so he's really lonely, and there's no more to it than that. Yeah. And it was like in, I like seeing, you know. I, I, I sounds like I didn't like it. I, I enjoyed watching it. What, yeah. Watching it, I was like, yeah, that was good. I liked it. It was interesting. He, he's a nice guy, and he's. I just don't think it was quite enough for for yeah. a, a film. Right? I sort of agree in terms of. I thought it was a little too long. I think it could have lost lost maybe fifteen minutes or so, and maybe turn it into an hour long documentary. But but um, but I, I, I still I thought it was very nicely very nicely made. So I do think it had a bit more of a cinematic edge to it. Because uh, it was very well shot and it and it fit. Because Anton Corbin himself is obviously he's a uh, photographer and, uh, and he's made music videos and a couple of films obviously as well. And, and they're all very beautifully, all, all look very, all look very nice. And all, and, um, and the, 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 as I say, his films are often about loners. And the and obviously the documentary makers know this and they're trying to mirror that in the film. And 
And so yeah, it's very short and it focuses a lot on him being a bit of a loner and, and it, I thought it fit his personality very well. So no, I thought it was very good. Yeah, I kind of agree really. I thought it was you know really nicely shot, really nicely kind of put together. Maybe maybe it's had too long, but I was never I was never kind of bored by it. Yeah. it never really lost me. And I think it's quite a, an interesting insight. Into, I haven't seen Control, but um, I've seen the American. Oh, Control's um, amazing. Um, but at one point, kind of it's, it's quite it's quite an insight into it because he just he just say at one point, oh, I need to get more emotion into this. This is the key. Mm. And I think he singularly failed to do that in the American. And yeah. I think. It's quite an insight into yeah. what he was trying to do, but obviously he didn't quite manage to achieve. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose what was interesting with regards to that is when he said that he feels he struggles to connect emotionally to people. Yeah. I and think I, I think you can see that in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And perhaps it doesn't matter as much in, in still photography, yeah. but it certainly does in, in, in films film. like the American. He gets his characters to bear their souls quite well, but at the same time, it's they're always very raw, his pictures. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's, it's, it's raw, but still a bit... But no, I, I really liked it. it. Um, yeah, I thought, I thought it was good. And especially when it wasn't something we intended to watch and nothing, I'd, I'd never heard of it. I'd obviously heard of Hamilton Corbin, but I've not heard of, heard of the film. So it's, it's a nice little pleasant surprise. Great, great soundtrack, obviously, as well. Yeah. And after that, we had another scheduling problem. We tried to watch The We in the Eye from Michael, Michelle Gondry and um, queued for an hour and a half and didn't get in. So that was a gutting. Uh, but you guys, you guys fucked off after that. But I went to see one of the Uncertain Regard uh, films. I saw a student. Um, yeah, no, I uh, didn't really think much of it. It was, it's based on crime, Dostoevsky's uh, Crime and Punishment, uh, and it's got a very sort of sparse, minimalist style. And it, it, for me, it was, re- it was very clearly trying to sort of uh, mimic the same style as uh, Bresson's uh, Pickpocket, which is also based on Crime and Punishment. But the thing is, for me, whereas Pickpocket... Um, Pickpocket changed the story a bit, obviously it's not, it's not really about the murder and stuff like that, like the book is, it's, it's about this pickpocket. Um, whereas this is pretty much more like the book, I've not read the book but um, I know the story and stuff like that. And this is more like that, this, this student uh, kills someone to sort of see if he can get away with it and see, if, see how it affects him and stuff like this and um, I mean, it sort of deals with what happens to him after that. And uh, I mean it's... I don't know, it had a couple of, it's very lo-fi, sort of like, as I say, very sparse, minimal, it's shot on very low-tech equipment, um, which, isn't, which isn't a problem, uh, but it means some of it looks a bit like too basic, but uh, at the same time, there's, there's a couple of moments that craft some quite nice, beautiful imagery, but for me, it just didn't offer enough new on the story, and, and it just, yeah, it just didn't do a lot for me, I found it a bit dull. Fair enough. So I'm not an amazing start, but you know, there's a lot, a lot to look forward to today. We're just about to, well, hopefully, we're about to go watch Rust and Bone in competition film, yeah. and then later on we're going to watch um, Beasts of the Southern Wild, yeah. which I kind of mentioned it in the last podcast actually. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was on at Cannes, um, but I mentioned it, and I was looking forward to it this year. And luckily, yeah. the trailer looks good. I've seen that. We'll see it today, and um, I'm going to cram in a couple more. Um, yeah, there's a random finished one that I might squeeze in. I don't know anything about it. Awesome. Yeah. Who's on you? We get a yeah, let's go, we've got a screen to get to.